0: What are the emotions of returning to the place where you grew up whilst wearing the enemy's colours? For that matter, just how hard is it to face the All Blacks at Eden Park? Got a bit of an example of that in the past couple of weeks. What sort of job is Dave Rennie doing in overhauling the Wallabies, and what's the current state of rugby right now? I'm your host Joey Lynch, and this is Beyond the Lead with Sukopi Kepu. With 110 appearances across his international career, Sakopi Keppel is a legendary figure in Australian rugby, the most cat prop in the history of the Wallabies. Born in Sydney to Tongan parents, Keppel's family relocated to Auckland while he was still a very young lad, his rugby education taking place in the North Island's largest city. Captaining Wesley College as an all-black supporting team, he represented New Zealand at an under-17, 19 and 21 level before making the switch to green and gold after signing with the New South Wales Waratahs. This upbringing, giving him a rare insight into going head-to-head with rugby's global superpower, Capu cemented a role that would give him over a century of appearances in the Wallaby side in the 2011 Tri-Nations Cup. Over his journey, he would also pull on the shirt of French club Bordeaux, and the famous London Irish. And with the Wallabies and All Blacks in the midst of another battle for the Bledisloe Cup, one that has already been decided with a what is now familiar All Black victory, the veteran opened his conversation with ESPN's Sam Bruce by reflecting on his own experiences heading back home, as it were, to face the All Blacks in New Zealand.
1: Um, yeah I mean it was I guess it was familiar territory and coming back to I mean the first things first you know family and friends uh, I had to try and round up you know a few amount of tickets um, it was somewhat feeling at home a bit but also um, I guess being the opposition uh, to as well is, is kind of a pretty interesting sort of side to it and sort of being welcome home by family but also, not so welcomed by the the opposition, which is, yeah. I mean, it was a, it was a pretty cool experience and something that I always treasured. And, and I mean, I think back to the first test that I played here um, and coming here for the World Cup back in 2011. Um, that was that was something special. And um, but was, yeah, I mean, growing up, dreaming of being um, you know an All Black as a child and then uh, playing for the Wallabies and facing them was was always. Tough, and it it, it was just always a challenge, which I I really, really enjoyed.
2: I remember that 2011 um, campaign. You went back to to Wesley College, didn't you? And and you gave a speech at the the school there, and and your emotion that day was was quite clear. Um, It's, I guess, emotional is probably at the the top of the list of your your feelings.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, I. Yeah, look, Wesley was a massive part of my career and starting my, my rugby journey and and somewhat um yeah, it was it was, you know, I was there for for six, six old years and um to go back there as a wallaby and to see the haka and the and the kids chanting and some familiar faces in, in terms of staff and teachers was pretty cool. And I never imagined it to to be the or to get the reception I did receive. And um that was that was a day that I you know that I yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed and uh yeah, shed those tears purely over the the memories and the and the uh you know, not only the good but but also the tough times I had to go through um leaving home as a thirteen year old to to yeah, to board and, and uh and want to be part of a, a rugby school that, that um yeah, that it was back then.
2: Did you get to Eden Park much through those schooling years, mate? And then what about coming back to it for the first time? And, and we all know the history there as, as Wallaby supporters and Australians and for the Wallabies themselves. Is it hard to avoid that whole narrative? Um, how do you approach it when the, when the losing streak goes back so long?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I think I played there as a junior, um, one of our halftime, one of the Blues halftime games, I think it was, back when I was a kid. Um, our club went out there and we played and it was just, I remember the feeling it was, it was running around barefoot um, and to be able to, to run out under those bright lights um, as a kid, I still remember that feeling. Um, and, you know, fast forward to, you know, being in a professional team and, and running out there with the Waratahs, I think it was, back in 2008 or, or nine. Um, yeah, I mean that was it was pretty special, and the history you, you you always you know that's always going to be there, and it's going to be pondering in, a, in part of your of your mind. Uh, but you use it for me. It's it's history, and, and you try and uh, park that and, and, and pave a way for the new you know um, the the new team that's 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 running out there and for the first time that year and. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's one of the toughest places to play, but it's uh, one of the most enjoyable places to play as well. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a tough task. Um, always facing the All Blacks there, that's for sure.
2: Describe it, mate, from being <coughs> out there in the middle. Um, I've covered a couple of games there now. Um, the last one being that uh, final Bledisloe before the last World Cup and... It's, it's kind of dark. It's it's suburbia, really, isn't it? Outside the ground, the houses all kind of circle yeah. it from the outside. It's 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 a weird kind of you know, I guess, ground setup, if you like, when you think about a traditional yeah. stadium. But um, what about when you're out in the center of it?
1: Um, yeah, mate. It's uh, you're quite numb, to be fair, and and you, I mean, the white noise and and um. I mean, everyone's dressed in black with sprinkles of gold in amongst them, and uh, they do well to uh, to sprinkle our fans around and our families, um, so they're not all sitting together. But it's it's somewhat, um, yeah. I mean, when I run out there and, and, and when I'm with the boys, I all I remember is is the fact that um, it, it's almost like a war feeling about it, feeling that. Um, there's only the 15 of you, um, that, 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 can do the job. And, um, with the bench, when you're out there and you're facing the hacker and all that, it's, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Like it's, you, you try and, and, and you, you, you mute the crowd and everything else. And you just focus in on the other 14 guys that are next to you. And, and that's, that's all I can, you know, there's some of the things that I, I try and do and remember, uh, doing when I was playing out there and, um, because yeah, you can't really get caught up in the emotions and all the stuff that's going on in the exterior. Um, yeah, I mean, a test match level, especially against the All Blacks, um, you, you, you knock off and, and they'll you know they'll they'll, they'll they'll pile the points on you. So no, it's it's definitely one of the uh, yeah one of the my favourite places to play.
2: Do you think? Do you think this time around um, the fact that they've got back to back. Games there, given what's happened with COVID, and um, I know there's going to be a few guys playing there for the first time. I think in this this Wallabies team, depending on who they go with tomorrow, that um, you know, I, I guess it might be an advantage having that second game there, having the experience so close together, and I guess a bit like um, <coughs> almost like the Blues used the the Queensland games in Origin this year, having the first two games up there, it gives you something to to set yourself for and, and a real mental. I don't know I put a positive mental spin on
1: it if you like. Yeah, um obviously being familiar with your surroundings and and the field and everything is kind of helps uh but I feel like uh the boys the boys have got to start well and and, and you know next week worry about itself and you'll get there but it's it's all about starting well and doing you know doing this week well and and uh and starting uh on on the, the campaign on the right foot so um. Yeah, I mean, as you as you said, the Blues have done did it against the, the Maroons, and um, and I'd like to think that um, yeah, with Dave Rennie coming in, I mean, last first test last year was in Wellington, you know. Um. And and the guys are slowly slowly get a taste getting a taste of of what it takes to play the All Blacks and, and at Test level. Um, I, felt, I feel like they've, they, they would have taken a lot out of the French and, and how the French play and they're a great side the French um, so I think it's going to be a, an, an interesting one I, I'm thoroughly looking forward to getting back on uh, on Saturday morning and again ready for that on
2: Saturday night What have you made you mentioned Dave Rennie there so far Keps what have you made of the Wallabies progress um, <laughs> last year was probably a little bit slow after that good start in Wellington but um, what was a really gripping series with the French there was Certainly, a few positive signs there by the
1: looks. <clears throat> yeah, I think um, that shows that you know, especially the last test where they showed that Kadalua fought him in, and um, it shows that they they trust each other and they they believe in the work that they've been uh, doing and under under Dave Rennie. So, um, if they can continue to build that, and with a lot of youth and and now guys that have been around for a little while, like you know Michael Hooper and, and those boys. Um, yeah, I mean that they can take a lot of confidence out of that free series, um, but yeah, it's I mean it's a, it's a, it's going to be a hell of a test, I think, this first one, and um, I know you know New Zealand will be up for it. Um, but yeah, I think the, the, what what Dave Rennie's been doing with the boys, and and just following a little bit on on what they they've been doing training wise and all that stuff, I think they've got a great um, coaching team as well. Uh, well experience and and I'm, and, um, yeah, can't fault them there.
2: What about the cultural side of things, Keps? We know you were such a senior leader in that team amongst the poly boys there for the back half of your, your test career and Dave looks like he's really come in and um, he's got them singing hymns from Fiji, Tonga and Samoa and all in together and there's that real cultural awareness across this, this Wallabies team. Um, how important do you think that's been, particularly with a growing influence Ollie influence within
1: the squad I think it's massive and um, it's something that that um, obviously Dave Rennie can see and, and he's starting to tap into um, you know everyone's from different walks of life and, and Australia is a is, is, is a unique place in that way you know we've got people from all over the world that, that call Australia home so um, I think you know with with what he's doing and, and him being on a guitar and and allowing guys to be themselves away from the, of the rugby field—that's that's a massive um, part of building that culture and that bond uh, within the team off the field. Um, yeah, you really see that. Uh, where a coach, you know, is strumming the guitar and that's cool. I mean, that's that's something pretty special. And and uh, and he's he's showing that he's he's paving the way and he's showing the way with what he's doing and his actions. And the guys will only. Uh, follow suit and, and embrace that. So, it's it's. I mean, some of the uh, some of the boys. I guess they're are learning different different languages, and and uh, that's pretty cool. Um, you know, something that I, I wish we did more of when I was playing, and uh, and it's cool. I, I really really enjoy watching the boys do that.
2: Where do you sit, caps on the Taniela Tupu debate, mate? Is it better to start him? Is it better to Bring him off the bench at say 45, 50 minutes because yeah. um, you know there's pros and cons I guess to both sides of the argument. But um, where do you think he's best suited at this point in his career and for this wall of his team?
1: Oh look, man, I I, I mean you know whether he's start him or not, I, I think you know he's he's always gonna he's always gonna have impact on the game. But I think it showed where um, the times that he has come off the bench, he's been a wrecking ball. I mean, um, you know, Alan. Ellen is someone that really, works really hard. He's got a massive work ethic, um, and and he, you know, they're, they're two different players, and I think they compromise each other really, really well. And um, and I think Dave Rennie is only, you know, um, he's he's starting to, I guess, to put that combination together nicely. And regardless of who you're going to start, you're always going to get. I mean, they're two quality world type, tight, world class tightheads And um, personally, I think. The way that Allen sort of starts the game, and and uh, and then the way um, Tanella's come off the bench, I've I've really liked that picture because um, he is changing the game with his carries late in the late in the game, and and that's what you need from your bench. So um, yeah, I think I, I think from from what I've seen, um, and and the way that he comes on and finishes Nella, I think he, he does really really well. So he get you get a lot of confidence out of that.
2: What about from a scrumming perspective at that second half um, mm-hmm. point, mate? I, I guess um, you're so sapped with energy if you've started the game and um, switching off at scrum time is, is easy to do and you, next thing you know that you're down and a penalty against you and you know, it could cost you three points. How, how tough is it at that point of the game to keep getting up for such physical set pieces?
1: Oh, I mean, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, and, and it's, I mean, that's that's I mean, that's test match rugby, right? It's the it's war of attrition, um, and it's it's the first to blink and first to fold, really, isn't it? Um, and and you work as hard as you can during the weeks leading into the test matches, and you work as hard as you can um, on the test week match, a uh, test match week, and I think it's. Um, yeah, I mean it's it, it, a lot of it as well as mental. So, um, you know what you come to realize at test match level is it's it's all in the mind. And um, although your body might not be, you know, you might you might be feeling that 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 fatigue and everything. But if your mind is is fully uh, aware of where you are and and, and what you can achieve, um, you know, your body will follow suit. And it's just wanting it. As much as you want, uh, as you as much as you can, um, mentally uh, more than anything, as well. So, yeah, I mean, I know exactly how that feels, and, and I've been in those situations, and both on um, on, ah, uh, I mean, on, on on both ends of the on the spectrum. So, um, yeah, you obviously try and be on the positive side of things a lot, a lot more than the negative.
2: And finally, mate, um, I guess where do you see the, the game of rugby at at the moment? There's been a fair bit of, um, I guess, criticism and some not so great headlines out of South Africa, mate, with the Lions series and some of the footy that's been played over there and the, the slanging match. And, you know, we always hope that Australia and New Zealand, you know, turn out pretty good games. And they certainly did last year and play the game in the right way. But I guess also on the flip side, Australia can be criticised for playing two attacking. And they certainly were under... Text time. Can you can you play that game at the moment? Um, how do you balance it with you know quality kicking and quality set piece and and you know I guess is it possible to deliver a game that is both easy on the eye and and wins your test matches? Oh,
1: I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, like it's a hard one. Like I I I I, I, I watched uh, both tests back, and I mean. You know it's simple, right? Um, you, at, at the same time, you want to please the crowd and you wanna, you want to please the fans. And but at the end of the day, I I, I I bet you the coaches are saying, you know, we win at all costs, whether we win ugly or we win pretty. At The end of the day, it goes down in the history books, not how you played, but the way that you, you know the scoreboard and how whether you won or you lost. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's uh. It's all well when 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 people can you know sort of throw stones and stuff, but um, unless you're you're under that that spotlight and you've got a, a series that you play back there in each country every twelve years, um, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna take the the games to to your set piece and, and to where your strengths are, and that's that's kind of like where the Northern Hemisphere you know that that's their rugby that's that's their brand of rugby and that's uh, muscling up in the forward scrum set piece lineout mores whatever it might be so um and so I think we just got to admit that everyone has different styles of playing and 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 everyone has different strengths um you're going to get a more open open uh, more expensive game from southern hemisphere teams and that's that's always been the way that Australia New Zealand South Africa play um, and when you play the northern hemisphere it's more forward orientated uh, you know, five from five penalties kicked um, and, you know, uh, maybe two tries, one one try each in, in a game. So, uh, yeah. I'm a you know, part of one and um, at the end of the day, people don't really remember how he played. It's, it's yeah, maybe a little bit, but the history books is, is always what the scoreline was and whether he won it or he didn't.
0: Alas for the Wallabies, their 35-year losing streak at Eden Park was extended in this year's Bledisloe Cup. Down 33-25 in the opening game of the series with the All Blacks before being spanked 57-22 over the weekend. Means that the dominant New Zealanders secured the Bledisloe Cup for the 19th year in a row. This streak's now old enough to get a driver's license or buy a beer or vote and their 57 points scored was the most ever against the Wallabies, eclipsing a 54-34 result in Sydney in 2017. The series will now conclude with a dead rubber in Perth in a couple of weeks, Rennie's side playing for little more than pride at this point. But that's a discussion for another day, and for now, I'd like to thank you for joining us in another edition of ESPN's Beyond the Lead, this time for a discussion between ESPN journalist Sam Bruce and Sakopi Kapu. I've been your host, Joey Lynch, and as a bit of a reminder, you can catch this episode, every other episode of ESPN's Beyond the Lead, and indeed, all of ESPN's collection of podcasts and audio goodness, including Sam's podcast, ESPN Scrum Reset, wherever you happen to get your podcasts from. If you're enjoying Beyond the Lead, or ESPN Scrum Reset, or any of ESPN's other pods, make sure you subscribe while you're chasing them down and help spread the word. But for now, that's all that she wrote much like this year's tilt on the bladder Slow Cup by the Wallabies. So I'll catch you for another deep dive into sports as ESPN takes you beyond the lead very soon.